This is episode nine of Fam Life with Phil Gomez on the Rising Man podcast. Our guest for today is Mr. Jeremy Totino. Yo, yo, what's good, y'all? Phil Gomez here, back behind the mic again for another episode of Fam Life, where we focus on amplifying the voices of people of color. Got a real special guest today, Mr. Jeremy Totino, calling in from Syracuse. He's one of uh, one of my main homies here. Really love talking to Jeremy because he is such a good example of what it is to be a man with a huge open heart and the roar of a gorilla. <laughs> so we have a great conversation today. We're we go over some things such as Jeremy's story growing up, um, authenticity and how he was able to develop authenticity through his upbringing, healing ancestral traumas and generational traumas. Jeremy shares his method of how he processes his shame and repressed anger in order to move towards self-compassion and forgiveness. So much in this episode. Make sure you listen to the whole thing. Jeremy's just like dropping gem after gem. So before we get into that, I want to remind you guys out there, we got Dojo coming up. Dojo, if you don't know what it is, if you haven't heard Jetty talk about it, it's a four-day self-mastery and body leadership training in-person event where you will be surrounded with a bunch of men who are committed to being better leaders, getting into their body and connecting with other men so they can show up in better service for the world. The main pillars are embodiment, resistance, awareness, and action. I'm gonna be there, Jetty's gonna be there. I'm so fucking looking forward to this. So really go to the website, check out the landing page for Dojo, really get to know it more and really just trust that the medicine is being with other men in person. Being in person with other men and step into the dojo, see what you're made of and just grow into becoming a better and stronger man and leader, not only for yourself, but for the world. All right, enough is enough. Let's get to the conversation. Here's Jeremy Totino. Ladies and gentlemen, got my man Jeremy Totino here today. Jeremy, thanks for making time for this conversation. It's really good to see you, bro. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you, bro. Good to see you as well. I'm doing fantastic, man. Just, just feeling blessed. Living and loving, as I like to say. Excellent. Well, it's always a good conversation when you're in the building. So uh, to kick us off here, just to let the listeners know a little bit about you. Yeah, so first and foremost, my name is Jeremy Totino. I grew up in Long Island, New York, currently residing in uh, Syracuse, New York, upstate. And uh, I do somatic coaching. You know, I really utilize body and breath work. Um, I've spent like the last eight years as a licensed massage therapist. And I just utilize these practices to help myself and others break through emotional blockages and um, really just reconnect to the body and, yeah, move through, move through anything that hasn't been processed you know because we hold so much in the body um and other than that i'm just i'm a father of a nine-year-old girl i'm a son a brother and just lover of life and um man my mission is just to inspire love self-love and healing and you know just share my journey share my experiences 
That's amazing, man. Yeah, a lot of really good stuff there. And I can definitely co-sign 100% that you are uh, a very loving man. You got one of the biggest hearts that I know. And uh, I think you do an excellent job just like being a man that's open-hearted and very masculine at the same time. You know, I, I think there's this narrative, at least like a cultural narrative that a man who's loving, a man who has uh, the courage to share his feelings, uh, a man that that's really in his heart space can't be um, can't be powerful or can't be decisive or or can't really have, I guess, what we traditionally consider as masculine. I think you hold both of those things so well, which is really inspiring for me. And one of the things that really just makes me love you so much. Um, yeah, I've that, definitely bro. had the uh, I've had the gift of being in a space where you were leading breath work and it's such a powerful tool. So I'm looking forward to talking about that a little bit more on this episode here. Um, but would love to talk a little bit about your story of really how you got to the point where you are now and doing the work that you are now and having the mission that you are, you have now. Um, so what was, what was like growing up like for you? Yeah, man, I grew up, um, I definitely didn't come from privilege. I grew up, you know, to a, a mother, Puerto Rican and my, my father, Italian, German, and both of them came from their own trauma, you know, and their own uh, dysfunction and upbringing. So there was a lot there for us, you know, we, growing up, I experienced a lot of addiction and codependency in the family, a lot of dysfunction. And, you know, we moved around a lot. We grew up in, in Long Island and we moved to uh, Pennsylvania from there and a couple different parts of Pennsylvania throughout my adolescence. And, then we moved back to Long Island and it was quite a ride and a journey um, for me and definitely a lot of uh, a lot of instability in that. But I got to meet some great people. I got to meet some uh, some teachers of life, you know, throughout the process. And even when I was younger, I was always very uh, I was always very sensitive, pretty spiritually in tune. But I, I had the opportunity to meet uh, a neighbor when we lived in Pennsylvania and he, he taught me a lot about he taught me a lot about things that weren't really discussed, like in my family, like energy and like Eastern philosophies. And he taught me how to meditate, you know, he taught me about chakras and all that stuff. And, um, and so it was interesting to, it was interesting to see as I reflect now, like even at, at, at 13, 14, I started developing my own practices to deepen that sense of spirituality with myself. And I just knew from an early age that I wanted to, I wanted to grow. I wanted to, to evolve and, you know, to be better. And, you know, that only began to deepen for me, you know, into fatherhood. I had my daughter when I was 19 going on 20, you know, I was young. My daughter's mother was young. She was 17. And, um, you know, we both, of course, we, we didn't know what the hell we were doing, but all I did know is that I wanted to, I wanted to be the best dad that I could be. And, there were patterns that I wanted to let go of from my own childhood, you know, just my own father, you know, there was a lot of reactivity. There was a lot of rage and, and anger. And I knew going into fatherhood that I wanted to, I wanted to release those things. And I didn't want to show up in the same way that my father showed up in, in many cases. So yeah, it was kind of fatherhood was a rite of passage for me. And, and I know you and I have, have talked about this before. It was definitely a, a big, uh, initiation for me. And I would say it was part of, it was part of my awakening for sure. I re I recall feeling quite a shift, you know, from the, from the, uh, through the whole experience, you know, my daughter being born and it was powerful. 
Um, and then like, just fast forward, you know, through many trials and initiations, I, in relationships, I, I learned to really start connecting deeper with myself and getting clear on like where I'm, where I may have been spiritually bypassing throughout my journey and going deeper into my psyche and connecting to my body and started doing inner child work. And man, it was just, yeah, it was a big, big shift for me when I started to reconnect to my inner child, you know, which we all have that little boy, that little girl inside of us that has been wounded, that has been um, abandoned or neglected. And for me, reconnecting to that little boy inside of me was, that was like the next evolution for me. And it was sometime after that, that I connected to men's work, you know, in men's groups, um, which, which I know you're very familiar with. So Sacred Sons was the first group that I connected with. And, you know, after that, I, I reconnected with, uh, with Jose and Modern Renaissance Man and, and then you and Jetty. So, yeah, it's just, that kind of sums up the journey. But, you know, there's so much in between there that we, we could fill in so much space. But it's, it's just been quite a ride, man. That's it. Uh, it's an incredible journey, man. Definitely a few parts that I want to dive back into. Um, you know, the first thing that that came up for me is you being biracial, you know, and yeah. growing up in Long Island and Pennsylvania. And just curious if, if you want to share anything about that experience. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think I think myself and many other biracial people in my circle that I've spoken to can relate to the fact that like it, it's it's kind of a gray area sometimes because it's like, you know, we, we feel, at least speaking for myself, I have felt there were many times where I felt like I just didn't fit in, you know, like I didn't fit in with this crowd or that crowd. Um, you know, obviously my, my skin, my skin color is white. Uh, however, I'm, I'm Latino. So it, it was interesting. Social dynamics were interesting in high school. I was fortunate enough that in Long Island, it was very diverse, very culturally diverse. But after, you know, moving, moving around to different, different states and different schools, it was tough because I never really had the opportunity to connect with, um, like really find my tribe, like my social tribe. And it was, it, it was challenging in the sense of like, yeah, it was almost like not, not feeling fully accepted by other kids of color. And then also, also being kind of like indifferent to, you know, the white crowds, if you will. So it, it was, um, yeah, there was definitely some things there for me, just trying to find my place. Like, where do I fit in? And that was yeah. a big, that was a big trial for me. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that being biracial myself. And, uh, you know, the, the first school I went to was pretty, uh, racially diverse. So a lot of different kids from different backgrounds and, <clears throat> you know, I still had that, uh, that difficulty of fitting in or just like, you know, what's, what's my place. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I think the question that everyone has, which is who am I, I feel like just being biracial, that question kind of comes up a bit sooner because it, you quickly realize, well, I'm not completely that, or I'm not completely this, or, um, yeah, I, I don't fully fit in anywhere. I'm kind of like this odd shaped peg and there's no, <laughs> there's no hole for me to fit in. Um, so I can absolutely relate to that. And then, you know, the second school that I went to, uh, that, that I stayed in until I graduated was like pretty much like 90, 
8% white, you know, there was like no racial diversity there. And that, that was also a very uh, big opportunity for me to come into myself, which was really, really difficult and uncomfortable. So curious in some of those experiences of being biracial in, in Long Island and PA and the reconnection to the inner child, if, if uh, yeah, if there were, if there was any connection there, if there was any healing that, that you felt needed tending to when you uh, reconnected to your inner child. Yeah, man, I think being in relationship, all of my relationships, I've been with women who, you know, were women of color. Uh, my daughter's mom, Afro-Latina, you know, in my, my last, in my last relationship, African-American. So it really gave me permission um, to own my own biracial backgrounds, essentially, uh, especially in my last relationship. We had a lot of conversations around this topic. So it was very liberating for me, uh, especially, you know, to, to answer your question more directly. Yes. As I connected to my inner child and started to uncover a lot of wounds and um just conditioning i recognize that there was definitely a lot of there was a lot of suppression in my own expression and authenticity because of experiences that i had in schools when i was bullied when i was shamed for you know the way that i would talk you know specifically when i moved to a school that was predominantly white being from new york you know i would often i'd there were plenty of times where kids were, you know, kids would comment in the way that I talked, my accent, you know, the way that I sounded and, you know, being a, being a, a so-called wigger, right? <laughs> so, so there were labels there that I had to, I had to, I had to face and, and release myself from and give myself full fucking permission to just, to just be who I am, you know, and own who I am and where I'm from. That's beautiful. Yeah. Why you say coffee like that? Why you say coffee like that? Right. Sausage, um, you know? Yeah, I can really relate to that authenticity piece. I think that was, uh, you know, again, just seeing, seeing myself in your story, which is what's so beautiful about hearing a man's story. Um, that authenticity piece is something that I never had growing up. You know, I, I felt like I was constantly looking for the connection with someone else and in, which I don't think is, inherently a bad thing, but in looking for that connection, I, I was looking to like mold myself in a way that would make them feel more comfortable or make them mm -hmm. feel like they, uh, they liked me or could connect with me. Um, which again, you know, I think the intention behind it is really the, the most important thing when it comes to that. So at that point, my intention was to be liked or to be accepted. Right. And in that it was a fully selling out of my authenticity mm -hmm. because I was willing to give up whatever I was feeling, whatever I thought was right, uh, whatever was true to myself, I was giving up in order to feel accepted by the person across the table. So that, uh, you know, inner child work for myself and growing up has really been defining what is truly authentic to me. Like, well, what is actually me and what do I actually want? And then how to show up in a space exactly as that. Yeah. Well said, bro. I resonate with all of that. Like it's, uh, we all crave connection and and that's and it's it's pure and it's innocent and at the same time like it's yeah just giving ourselves that permission to remember who the fuck we are and to really own all of it and love ourselves and accept ourselves in all of it man and that's that's really the journey you know that's the healing journey 
And um, yeah, I, I definitely identify with a lot. I identified with a lot of people pleasing tendencies and just wanting to be liked and being willing to shape myself into somebody else so that I would be liked. I would be accepted. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it does, it does so much to us. And I think, you know, at that age, whether we're in middle school, high school, um, <clears throat> that acceptance piece is so key, right? Cause kids can be mean. I mean, you got a nine year old, nine year old daughter. So I'm sure she's gone through some form of, uh, either, uh, bullying is a strong word, but you know, maybe someone making her not feel so good, uh, maybe even the other way around, you know, so we, we really want to avoid that pain as much as possible. And a lot of times that's really comes to adapting, uh, to, to being someone that we're, we're not truly, we, we, we aren't right. Adapting mm. to be that person just for the sake of being liked and avoiding the discomfort. Um, you know, the yeah. other thing I wanted to jump into, which, you know, we can go as deep as you want, but is your relationship with your father. So uh, I heard you talk about it a little bit and, and would love to talk about that and then segue into you becoming a father. Um, mm. How was your dad around when you were growing up? Yeah, I was fortunate enough that my dad was around growing up. My parents, my parents stuck it out. They've been together since I was a kid, you know, uh, to this day. And that's incredible. I definitely, yeah, I definitely honor and respect them for that. Now, it definitely was not all sunshine and rainbows. You know, it was there was a lot there um that that i experienced a lot of a lot of challenge and obstacles and um traumatizing events that were there but there was also a lot of love there was also a lot of beauty in it and my relationship with both of my parents not just my father has definitely grown and evolved the more that i've developed and deepened my relationship with myself you know and got clear got clear from a lot of childhood wounds I think one of the most powerful things for me after I had my daughter was uh, when I started doing the inner child work, it's just, I started journaling. I wrote a letter to both of my parents. I didn't send it to them. It was just for me. And I just allowed myself to just dive in and express anything that I needed to express to free myself from it, you know, and really start to forgive them, you know, and I think forgiveness is something that we'll touch on in this conversation as well. But that was a big piece for me is like, forgiving my parents for so many things that I didn't even realize I needed to forgive them for, you know, for me to be free. So yeah, that was powerful. And my dad, my dad and I, we've, um, we've grown closer. He's actually, he started doing men's work. Yeah. He just connected with a men's group locally, uh, this last month. So that's been, that's been big. It's been powerful to, to see him huge. step into that. Yeah. To see him step into that space just from watching my journey and, man, it's, it's been huge. That's incredible, man. So I, I guess as far, I, I know rage and anger were, you know, two things that you said that essentially, you know, those were the, those are the things that you wanted to heal, right. Or those are the things mm -hmm. that you wanted to intentionally not pass on, stop with you. Um, you know, and I think, we talk about ancestral healing and uh, healing mm. ancestral traumas. And, uh, you know, I think there's this, this huge wave, especially for fathers of like, 
what what are we going to pass on to our kids and what's going to end with us you know and that's a big part of at least for me what men's work is all about you know yes i i want to be the best man i can be uh mm. but the for the sake of is that my children can then be a thousand times better than I am and whatever better is, you know, that's obviously subjective to each and every person, but you know, they'll be, they, they won't have to heal things that I did. I, that's, that's my goal at least, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess curious what, you know, ancestral healing means to you and, and, you know, what healing lineage means to you and what that actually looks like for you as well. Yeah, man. I, what's coming up for me is like this passing of the baton. And I feel like, mm you know, I'm thinking back to even my parents, like understanding my parents' childhood and where they come from and, you know, what things that they've shared with us, myself, my siblings is like, they experienced so much shit, so much shit that I couldn't even really fathom. And they've broken many cycles themselves. So I honor them for that. And I think generational trauma is, it's just a cycle. It's a cycle that we all have the opportunity to break each generation. And it's, it's going to look different for a generation, you know? And I think it's just, um, I think it's a domino effect. I think it starts with one generation deciding, you know what? I'm not going to physically abuse my kids anymore. But in that, there still may be other forms of abuse or dysfunction. And then the next generation decides, all right, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to verbally abuse my children anymore, you know? And it's just this continual cycle. And so generation after generation, I feel like we're, we're raising our consciousness and we're becoming more aware of we're becoming more aware of the deeper seeds of the deeper seeds of trauma and pain that are in our DNA. You know, and really it's the awareness piece is key. I think it's just becoming aware of all the things that are there and understanding where we came from, understanding the understanding any tragic events in our family and, and just, just the roots of where it all comes from, understanding all of that so that we can, you know, we can have the wisdom to move forward in a different way and to do better and to be better. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's very, very well said. Um, you know, I, I really love that breakdown of like, maybe, you know, in the, in the healing of trauma, you know, maybe one generation or healing of, a violence or abuse, maybe one generation it's physical and then the next generation, uh, maybe it's verbal and then the next, you know, so kind of going down the line like that. Um, I'm sure you being a dad have caught yourself in moments being like, Holy shit. I sound, I just sounded just like my dad. You know, I know for me, yeah. that has definitely happened. I have a great father. I love my father very much, you know, and, and there's certain things I can remember, especially verbally that really, um, really were damaging to my self-worth at the time. It really, really mm. affected my confidence, you know, and, and I definitely um, have made it a point that I don't want to do that to my son or my daughter, right? Or, or that's a way that I, I can be a better father than my father was, which I know that's what he wants for me anyway, right? How could he not want that for me? That's, a, that's what I want for my son. I mean, he's only three, but he's got a minute, <laughs> but still, mm. you know, it's still what I want. So, there are moments that I've caught myself and I'm, you know, I, I remember this one time I was, my son did something and I looked at him and I said, what are you thinking? You know? And, and I paused immediately. I was like, Oh my God, that sounded just like uh, something my dad would say to me. And 
when I was a kid and would totally just make me shut down because it would make me feel like I was dumb. Right. And uh, I caught myself immediately and obviously I felt terrible about it, but all that, that story is to lead up to um, forgiveness, you know, which is mm. something we wanted to dive into a little bit deeper today. Um, so, you know, that this is obviously just one avenue where forgiveness can come up. There's so many ways and we can dive into a bit more, but just starting with that, um, have you found yourself in moments uh, falling short of what you would like to demonstrate and how you would like to act as a father? Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've often reflected like, man, I'm grateful God gave me a, a daughter, a little girl. Cause I feel like, I feel like for me, some, I feel like for me having a boy may have brought up different challenges may have may may have made me a little more unhinged in certain aspects as far as being reactive. Um, so I think, you know, having my little girl, yeah, there were definitely moments though, where I was, I've caught myself being like kind of controlling, you know, and, and, and being reactive even. And for me, like, you know, I get, I'd shame myself essentially because I'd, I'd recognize it. And then I'd say, Oh man, I'm being, you know, I'm being like my dad, I'm being reactive I'm being angry. I'm being rigid. Um, and to be clear, like that, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't my dad all the time. I, I love my dad. And, and we had many, many great playful moments. He was very affectionate, very loving father, which, which I really appreciate. But uh, yeah, there were just, you know, dealing with conflict and dealing with stress um, as a parent was, was something that was something that my parents weren't very good at. So I picked up those things, you know, it wasn't until I started to to become aware of, of those things that I could work through them. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to, there were many times where I just wanted to control my daughter and, and I just caught myself in those patterns and it was like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you said a, a key word there, which is shame, you know, yeah. Opposite of forgiving ourselves is shaming ourselves. Um, right. and I know it's a very common sentiment for men. I know it's it's a big one for me that I've really worked on, you know, decreasing as much as possible. Still comes up all the time. Uh, but you know, shame is an interesting one because there is a level of awareness you need in order to have shame, right? If I'm not aware that I fell short, then I'll, I will never have shame, right? So it, it's a sign of there is awareness there, but it it isn't mm. really an effective way to move forward, right? It's it's not right. shame effective way to find a better solution. So curious, what's the what's the process for you of moving from shame? to forgiveness. And maybe there's a step or two in there that I'm missing, but curious what that <laughs> Yeah, man. I think it's also important to add that, you know, when we talk about anger and rage, which are, which are very primal emotions that we can tap into in healthy ways, but when they're, un when they're expressed in unhealthy ways and when we repress anger, we're often, we're often masking deeper emotions like that shame, like that sadness, especially as men, it's so much easier for us to feel and express anger. It feels safer. Um, and that's just how we've been conditioned societally. So yeah, shame, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very heavy, dense emotion. You know, they say it's, it's, it's a very low frequency or vibration they say. And I feel for me is 
step one, of course, becoming aware of where I'm harboring any shame. And really, like, it starts with the mind and getting clear on any thoughts that I catch myself in shaming or self-criticizing myself and starting to reframe those thoughts. But, you know, as you know, I work with the body, so the body keeps a score. And, and I think we, we, we hold so much unprocessed emotion in the body and shame is a big one, especially like sexual shame. Um, we all have on some level. So I think like just connecting to the body and seeing where we might have shame. This is the practice that I do seeing where there might be shame. And sometimes it comes up as sadness, you know, just allowing myself to feel that reframe it. And especially if I'm most shame is self-shame, right? Like if somebody, if, if I'm triggered by somebody, if somebody's shaming me, essentially it's just reflecting back to me parts of myself that I'm shaming or where I'm holding on to shame. So I take that as an opportunity to just really sit with myself and check in with myself and make a list of like, what are some thoughts that are self-shaming that I've caught, you know, and, and just really yeah develop it's a practice you know forgiving the self moving past shame it's a practice yeah would you say it's essential to move past shame in order to get to a place of forgiving yourself yeah yeah big time man i mean we like like any like any emotion really we have to feel it we have to feel it in order to heal it <laughs> in order to release that and, and free ourselves from the weight that it has on us. So I think, you know, just learning to, yeah, again, I come back to the awareness, but even more important than the awareness and something that I have learned in my, in my process and my journey is like, we can have all the awareness in the world, but if we don't have self-compassion, then it's going to be very difficult to move through that shame. It's going to be mm-hmm. very difficult to move through any difficult uh, emotion pain or trauma that we have because we actually have to we have to we have to be compassionate with ourselves you know and that's why inner child work is so huge because it's like approaching the self from the perspective of how would i speak to how would i speak to a child you know right right well it sounds like the the shame processing that that you just walked us through is is really effective in allowing ourselves to get to a point of compassion, which I think is a Mm. major key when it comes to forgiveness. So one more time for, you know, the men out there that are listening that I'm sure each and every one of them, uh, each and every one of them has some aspect of self-shame in them. Will you just walk us through just the logistical, what it looks like to do uh, this shame processing work? Yeah, absolutely. So I say, start with Start with mindfulness, not just meditation, but just check in with yourself. Become clear on any thoughts where you're shaming or criticizing yourself. Shame can mask itself as, you know, maybe it's like, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of love or money or finances or success. You know, there's so many, um, there's so many stories that we can have, so many unconscious stories that we can have that feed into this shame. So just get clear on these things, get clear in these thoughts, write them down and start connecting to the body. You know, the body tells, the body tells no lies. And so we can pick up on contractions in the body, tension, pain, all these things can be harboring shame. 
you know, so we can get clear in these things and allow yourself to, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's scary at first for sure, but just allowing yourself to feel those things, allowing yourself to get clear on, on what's there, what stories may be attached to them and literally just affirming to yourself over and over again, I forgive myself for filling the blank, you know, and yeah, yeah. And just know, just, just know that you're not alone. Like no, no man is alone. We all have, sh- we all have shame. We all, yeah, we all have shame. <laughs> like it's yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think one, thank you for that practice. Cause um, it's something that I'm going to try. And two, yeah. it's funny thing about shame is like the more you speak it, the, the less it weighs, right. The less mm-hmm. power it has over us. And I, I know some of the things that I've been most shameful in my life. Once I came into men's work, I was like, yo, I will never share this shit with anyone. And uh, yeah. once I kind of had the, the trust, I suppose, you know, I, I gave myself permission to take the risk. And I remember, you know, kind of one of my first times sharing something that was very shameful um, and it being received, you know, not being, um, not being made bad because of it, not being made fun of because of it, not, like no negative, um, nothing negative about sharing it. You know, in fact, it was mostly positive in the sense of people being like, you know what, I've been there too. I've done that too. Um, I felt that too. And, and immediately that, that shame, I just think of it as like, uh, I don't know, like a red ball, right? Just like getting, just getting a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller till it really comes to a place where, where I feel I'm able to, uh, manage it or really just heal it. Um, so Mm. thank you for, thank you for dropping that, man. I guess, you know, what I'm really curious about is, uh, is forgiveness and grace, you know, and I think everything has been leading up to these two things. So, you know, why don't you just like define both of those things and kind of where they fit in, in your life and really why, why you see them as so important that they're part of your mission. Yeah, they've really become some, some pretty deep values of mine and it, it, you know, forgiveness for me, I had a dear brother reflect this back to me, um, actually like a few months ago. My brother boy, shout out to boy. Shout out and to boy. Yeah, we were in conversation and I was sharing some things with him and he dropped that word forgiveness. And he's like, you know, brother, like I, I I see you and I feel like there's things that I feel like I feel like there's a lot of um you know forgiveness for you to to do, you know, like self-forgiveness. And I was like, Yeah, man, I really feel that. And uh, you know, that was the one thing that came through for me is like on this journey, I I, I strive for freedom you know, personal freedom. And I I recognized as I really sat with that and started practicing forgiveness, like forgiveness is the golden key to freedom. Cause you know, we, we all have at the, at the root of many, at the root of much shame that we have shame and pain, you know, and self-inflicted pain. Oftentimes there are things that need to be forgiven in order to be released. And forgiveness is really like that. Forgiveness is that mercy. You know, can I, can I pardon myself from past mistakes? Can I have mercy on myself for failures, you know? And, you know, just dropping into things like I had to forgive myself for, for being the people pleaser, right? Like we spoke on that, we spoke on that earlier, like being liked by others and wanting to be liked by others and fucking suppressing my own 
authenticity and my own expression and so many, so many things and patterns that I had to forgive myself for before I can like really, truly transcend them. I had to forgive myself for, so that's been a huge part of, of my process. And grace is, grace is like just that compassion, man, just that compassion. And that knowing that, you know, grace is really defined as like that, having that unmerited like we're all worthy of unmerited love and recognition, you know, through the grace of God. And for me, that's been huge in, 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 in the journey, in the process of uncovering so many things, so many wounds, because it, it gets, it gets heavy sometimes, man, it gets really difficult and, and shame comes up, you know, critical, uh, self-critical thoughts, they arise in, in the process, you know, or in, we can be as conscious and aware as we, as we want to be, but we're still going to make some mistakes. We're still going to, we're still going to have failures in our lives. That's how we grow. That's how we continue to, to evolve. And in that, I recognize that there was a, a space, a very important space for grace. You know, it was a big one for me because when I started this journey, I had, a, I had developed a lot of awareness in a short amount of time but I had not developed the ability to hold myself with compassion and to, to, to have grace, you know, and give myself the mercy that I needed to really move forward. Mm. Right. I, I often say like, we can't, you know, we can be as, as, as guys who like to get, you know, as guys who like to get riled up and, and, and grow and, and do the work, you know, sometimes we could fall into that healing trap where it's like, yo, I got to just keep grinding. I got to keep doing the thing. I got to keep, I got to keep growing and, you know, essentially the fix it mentality and all of that. I've been, I've been there <laughs> and all of that is rooted in shame. All of that is rooted in unworthiness, you know? So I had to learn grace through the process and forgiveness through the process so that I can still like, I can still experience bliss and ease through the process. I can still experience and, and, and receive love. You know, that's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, you know, we are, we are all worthy of bliss. We're all worthy of happiness. You know, we don't have mm. to earn happiness. And that's, you know, that's what came up for me in hearing this, uh, the grind mentality of like, if I do all this work, then I'll get there. And, you know, I've definitely yeah. been there. I still be there sometimes, you know? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. The sense of that we have to earn our happiness or we have to earn being whole, as opposed to, you know, it's our birthright to, to be happy. It's our birthright to be whole. And um, if we can get out of our own way, or if we can love ourselves for as we are, um, then we can, we can experience that bliss, you know, because that's, that's what we were born to do. Yeah, that's a fact, bro. And, and, you know, in that there's, there's so much room for, you know, self-acceptance is another thing that we drop in. Like that's, that's, that's a big part of it as well. Like can, can I accept myself for where I am right here, right now, fully accept myself in knowing that we are already whole, we are already complete, you know, and that, that, that healing trap is a, it's, it's a deep trap. It's a rabbit hole, man, because, and I know, again, I've been there many, many times mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been stuck there and I know many guys who have, and it's just, you know, it's that no pain, no gain mentality and feeling unworthy. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do this or be this until I get there. It's destination based, you know? And um, that's not the journey, man. The journey is literally just enjoying the ride, going through the ebbs and the flows and just, you know, learning where, 
we can accept ourselves more, where we can love ourselves more, where we can give ourselves more grace, more compassion. You know, that's how we really enjoy life. That's it, man. Well, to drop it in a little bit more, what's uh, what's been the toughest thing about yourself to accept? Yeah, I think for me, it was like recognizing some codependent tendencies, man. Like that was a big one that came up in my last relationship. A lot of codependent things that I became aware of. Um, I mean, it was just a codependent relationship. You know, let's be real. And there was a lot of beauty in it. And I'm very, very grateful for um, my previous partner. But yeah, there was an opportunity there for me to, it was the deepest, it was the deepest healing that I've gone through, you know, a lot of, a lot of initiations in it for me, but I had to really learn to forgive myself and, and, and accept myself for, I mean, I was addicted to the relationship. Like, let's be clear. That's essentially what codependency is. I was addicted to, I was addicted to seeking validation from this woman. I was addicted to, um, I was addicted to her affection. I was addicted to her approval, you know, and there, it, it, it drove me to, it, it drove me to choose the relationship over my daughter in certain instances, where it's like, I could go spend time with my daughter or I could spend time with, you know, with this woman in, in the relationship who also had kids of her own. And there were times where I would just rationalize to myself and, and just sink right in, you know, and I could say that there was a little manipulation there and, you know, there's a lot to it, but in reality, you know, all relationships are just a mirror. So yeah, I, I got to see parts of myself, got to see shadows and blind spots that I did not like. I did not like, you know, a lot of insecurity, a lot of, a lot of uh, holes in my self-worth that I wasn't aware of until, until relationships. So I had, I had to do a lot of work around that, man. That's a big yeah. one, man. Yeah. Relationships are just a big, clear fucking mirror. And uh, they're really tough to look into sometimes. You know, I've been I've been with my wife for uh, almost 10 years, married for and um, still to this day, you know, th- there's just so much that comes up in the relationship. That's like just a direct reflection of what's going on within me. And it's really hard to look at sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think um those are often the things that are most difficult for me to accept about myself. Right. And um, especially, you know, uh, for me, it's always like, and this is for every man out there, wherever you tend to get defensive, there's something there. Like that's like the, that keep digging right there because that there's, there's treasure underneath there, even though it's difficult to look at and difficult to (laughs) dig and get to like, it's trying to tell you something. Yeah, that's a fact, man. It's like where I like to, I like to think of it as, you know, I, I always come back to the body. I like to think of it as like where, when we get defensive or where we contract, where do we feel those moments in, in relationship? Let's use relationship as an example. Those moments where we feel tension and contraction and we feel defensive, you know, because something was said or something happens between the, your partner and yourself. And it's like, yeah, those are the moments. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the signal. Like there's something there, something there to take a look at. And it's, you know, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging. I'm learning that it it really takes, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of courage to to take a look at those things. You know, for me, my practice is like, where can I, where can I soften? Can I, can I soften? Can I open my heart? Because where we close our heart is in those moments where we're defensive and we contract and we get, 
resistant and tense. That's where we close our heart. And it's, I like to think of it as like, where, how can I open my heart? How can I soften? Yeah, that softening <clears throat> definitely is a learned, um, was a learned skill for me and still learning it, mm -hmm. you know, if oh, like, yeah. You talk to Jetty or any of the other guys that know me pretty well, they'll, they'll definitely, uh, they're always cracking on me for not being emotional or not, uh, yeah, really not being connected to my feelings and just really kind of being a pragmatic type person. Um, because for a long time, I, I did not see the value in feeling my feelings, right? I was like, mm -hmm. well, what's the point of being sad about or being, you know, upset about this thing that occurred? when that's not going to solve my problem, right? It's mm -hmm. like, well, bypass all that, get to the solution that'll actually make me feel better. Um, <clears throat> and I truly believe that for quite a while. And uh, I still act that out uh, at, come at, the, at this point now at times, even though I can rationalize, kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier is that awareness is just one small aspect of this, right? The body keeps the score and uh, we can be aware of exactly what we're supposed to do or exactly how things should act out. In this case, feeling my emotions when some difficulty arises in my life, um, you know, I'm aware that that's helpful, but I still, you know, go that, that program is still in there for me to just go to solution mode, fuck my feelings. Cause they're not going to help me out and just solve the problem. Right. As mm. opposed to, uh, you know, when I know when I do open my heart and I do soften that processing of those emotions, uh, tip the, the biggest ones that come up for me are anger, frustration, and sadness. Those are like the those are the top three that come up for me. And so when I do allow myself to um, process those, feel those and act those out in a healthy manner, um, I find that the solution comes a lot easier. Like I don't have to, uh, I don't really ha don't have to will myself into finding a solution or will myself into uh, taking the necessary actions in order to solve the problem. Like it, it all just happens way more naturally. I know that's a little mm. ethereal, Right. And, and all that, but it, it's a fact, man. That's, that's just how it shows yeah. up. For me. No, that's beautiful, man. I love that you, I love that you acknowledge that and you have that awareness and, and thank you for sharing that, man. I think it, it, it speaks to definitely some things that I resonate with. Like, I think most of us men can identify with the fact that like, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're logical most of the time. It's easy to, it's easy to be logical. We want to fix, we want to fix the problem and, and come up with solutions. And, you know, I, I often joke like, man, re re relationships, they're just, they're just not, it's not a broken faucet that we fix, <laughs> you know, we have to, yeah, it's really about like, I like to say, um, what's coming through for me is like, we're victims of our own resistance. You know, we, we resist, we resist the feelings because we think that we can, we can logic and intellectualize our way through any problems that arise. But oftentimes what I've discovered is once again, if I could just soften and practice relaxing into any uh, resistance that I feel into any tension and contraction, you know, the answer may more than likely most of the time reveal itself, you know, once we allow ourselves to, to feel and yeah, I mean, emotions are, emotions are energy and motion as, as most of us have heard. And oftentimes we, we can't, we can't logic through them. We can't intellectualize through them. So I, I've, I've really, I've deepened my practice with just allowing myself to feel emotions in the body without having to understand like, where is it even coming from? Right. Mm -hmm. Cause 
usually there is a there's a thought or a story that emotions can be attached to when we feel the anger when we feel the frustration or the shame there's a thought or story attached to it but sometimes it doesn't reveal itself i used to try to just bypass the emotion to get to the fucking root but sometimes it doesn't reveal itself until i actually just feel it you know so it's like feeling feeling our way through any uh, any obstacle essentially or any challenge usually is is the way through yeah man very very well said um well it makes me think of it makes me think of your power statement you know and this is just yeah. to give some backstory you know uh how i originally met you was out on the east coast and we were going out for threshold you're we going out for your four day fast four days four nights uh in nature by yourself right so i was one of the co-guides of that experience and got to witness you it's, it was such a beautiful way to meet a man, you know, because I get to see you in your process of really claiming your manhood and really um, stepping across a line that you drew in the sand to this next phase, next chapter of life. Um, so, mm. you know, in the process of preparing to go out for those four days and four nights for you to be by yourself, uh, you came up with a power statement. So yes. will you, will you tell me your power statement and then, you know, really what it means to you, how it's helped you and how you hold it. Yeah, totally, man. I'm a bold and courageous man of faith who heals with his love. And that was a big, that was proclaiming that was a big one for me. And, you know, it's funny that you brought this into the space because um, recently with, with, with my brother, boy, we had talked about, um, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it's time for me to, to, to shift and change that statement a little bit, but we'll dive into that at some point. But even so that statement for me, it, it carries a lot of weight and importance. And, you know, as I say it now and just reflect on where I am currently in this, this current season, I'm like, yo, like that's, it, it, it really hits and resonates for me because I've had to be, I've had to be, a, I've had to be bold and courageous in the way that I show up and, and to continue to be authentic and to express myself. And, you know, my, my motto recently has been, I'm just going to allow myself to experiment, experience and express, right? Like even showing up on social media and just getting my voice out there. A lot of that took for me to just boldly start to be myself and express myself and you know, be courageous about how I approach my own expression. You know, and be courageous about how I, how I approach my my healing, which is through which is through the feelings. You know, approaching my feelings and being courageous enough to to actually feel, and and not not be afraid to feel. You know, I'm a sensual man, and that's something that I, I fully own, and that's that's more of a recent uh, ownership for me. <laughs> it's like I'm a sensual man. You know, and, and what does that mean? You know, sensuality is our senses. You know, mm -hmm. I've always been very, very in tune and connected to my senses, like, you know, sense of touch. Of course, I work with I work with touch, sense of touch, sense of sight, smell, taste. I've always been very in tune with these senses in my body. So I'm now in a place where I'm like, yo, that's me. That's me. Unapologetically bold. I don't care. And, you know, I just I approach life. I approach others with with the love, you know, and just my open heart. And allowing myself to be that way and, and express myself in that way. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's inspired, safe to say it's inspired and has helped a lot of other people in their healing process just, just by being me. So I'm really, really grateful for that. 
That's a fact. I can definitely attest to that. You know, I've no, I know myself, I have experienced a lot of healing by just witnessing you being you. Um, and you know, I think, I think it's just the acting out of being courageously accepting of yourself. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, if this man could do it, then I can accept myself courageously. Um, and then in you speaking, what, what it really brought up for me is that all of us are born with our gifts, right? We're, we're born mm-hmm. with the gift. And a lot of the process of whether it's becoming a man or uh, personal development and self-healing work, um, a lot of that process is like stripping away the layers so we can courageously give ourselves a permission to give that gift, right? It's not mm-hmm. finding a gift because we, we all, we, ju- we just got it. You know, they're the things that come up throughout our life that we're like, wow, I'm really good at this thing. Or I really love this thing. Or people are always asking me for this thing. Like we all have that, right? It, it's, it's the process of getting all of our, uh, whatever bullshit, our shame, our discomfort, um, our self-limiting thoughts, getting all those out of the way. So we can just simply give the gift. Yeah, man. That's beautifully said, bro. It's, it's so true. It's, I often say like, you know, this, this journey of self mastery, healing and personal development, like it's just a, it's a journey of remembrance. Like you said, we already, we were born with everything that we could need. We have everything that we need within us. It's God given baby. (laughs) Yeah. it, it, It takes for us to just, it takes for us to remember over and over again, all these things that we have within us, you know? And it's like, I think about like, even like role models or other people that I've looked at where I'm like, damn, like he has something that I don't have or, or this person has something that I don't have. Oftentimes it's actually the opposite. It's like the people we look up to the most, you know, where they're just reflecting back to us parts of ourselves that we've just not integrated or took, taken ownership of. So it's just this process of, like you said, removing the layers, peeling back the layers of like, what's, what's covering up? What's, what's suppressing this authentic part of myself, this gift that I have in my body, in my being that needs to just be remembered, to be revealed. I love yeah. that, man. <clears throat> it really just goes along with the, the narrative of softening, opening and feeling, right? Yeah. Because from that space, we can, we can really discover a lot about ourselves. Um, yeah, man. It's like, I feel like a lot of it is like, if we can sum all of these things up into like one word, it's receptivity. That's what's coming through for me. That's 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 what's coming through from spirit right now. <laughs> receptivity. And that's something that has come up for me is like, how can I be more receptive? You know, because when we're receptive, that's when we can receive more wisdom. We can receive more answers that we look for. Because the answers that we all, the answer or the questions that we all have, you know, the answers are there. We, we just, it's just a matter of like really connecting with ourselves, connecting with spirit, whatever that means to each individual and just being receptive to what comes through, you know, even, even love, abundance, you know, bliss, a lot of these things take for us to just soften into because it's, it's always there, you know, all these things are always there, readily accessible for us. And it's just a matter of softening into it, removing anything that's not love that's not abundance slow the fuck down stop grinding right (laughs) 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 slow down yeah man that's literally it brother we gotta just we we gotta slow down man 
You know, yeah, they often, we, we often hear the saying, life goes so fast. And there's a truth to that. We have a lot of time, but life goes fast. However, I believe like if we just, if we slow down, we can, we can really extend that time a little bit more, you know, and just extend our lives, you know, and live, live happier, healthier, more joyful lives. Yes, sir. Well, speaking of being courageous and bold, which you were talking about before, uh, you are making a courageous and bold move to move from upstate New York out to Austin. I know that's coming up at the end of the month. And, um, you know, a couple things around that. Curious, what what made you choose Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Or really this big shift. And I know it also involves being farther away from your daughter. So I know it had yeah. to take a lot of, it, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of self-trust to make a decision like that. So just curious what that process was like for you to, uh, you know, really make this huge life decision that I know is for your you and your family's greatest good. Yes. Yes, man. It it was a big decision for sure. It was back in March. I went out to Austin for my first time, spent a week out there and I did um, four day intensive training in somatic release breath work. Um, And it was just a beautiful experience. I had no intention of going out there like, yeah, I'm going to move here. But after the week and just spending time, you know, connecting with a dear brother who I got to to connect with in person uh, for the first time in like two years, and just, you know, soul family out there, it was, it definitely highlighted for me, like I crave, I crave tribe. I crave, I really desire to be around people that I feel supported in my expression. And I recognized, you know, I sat with that for a little while. I came back to Syracuse and, you know, I have my immediate family here for sure. I have my daughter here, but you know, I, I recognize like, what would it mean to really love myself and make a decision to go somewhere, go to a new place that supports my expansion that I felt really would support my expansion. And I just gave it to spirit, man. I was like, I literally said at one point, I was like, spirit, I give this decision to you. Like you show me, show me signs, give me any signs. And there were definitely a lot of uh, synchronicities and, and signs that I received and after a few days, it became clear for me, like, this is a firm decision. I want, I want to move to Austin. It feels like a new chapter. It feels like, uh, feels like a new evolution for me. And when I claimed that, when I proclaimed that decision, when I decided on that decision, I was like, yeah, it was a new, it was a new threshold for me. Essentially, it was a new rite of passage because I, I definitely went through a lot of, I was working with a mentor of mine um, and we were uncovering some, some programs that weren't going to serve me. In, in making that move, you know, a lot of scarcity came up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like people pleasing, like thoughts and worries of like, God, I have my daughter here. What are people going to think? You know, a lot of limiting beliefs that came up for me, but when I, pro- I proclaimed it, I affirmed the decision and affirmed myself. And, you know, through the process, I've been able to, I feel just deep in my connection with my family as I communicated to them this decision and, you know, my daughter's mother and I, we have an amazing relationship. Like we're, we're very, very tight and I'm so grateful for that. So I actually received a lot of support in it, you know, and everyone knowing that, you know, I was, I was clearly stated, like, I'm going to be coming back. I'm going to be visiting. And, you know, I am not going out there without any plan for me. It's a, it's a process. It's definitely been a process, man. Um, It's, it's really allowed me to step into like that, that faith, 
you know, that faith in my power statement and the trust, trust in myself, trust in God and the universe. And, you know, so much has become clear for me through the process. Um, I'm literally like just in the last month, I'm just coming out of like major breakthrough. <laughs> Definitely uh, experienced some, some ego dying through the process. And it's been beautiful, man. Like just really looking forward to, to this new season, this new chapter. And yeah, I'm really going out there to, you know, not, not necessarily looking for anything other than tribe, but I'm bringing everything with me. You know, that's, that's one thing that has become clear for me is like, I'm already bringing everything I have, everything I need is coming with me, like everything right here, you know, my heart, my love, my faith, my trust, um, my power, my gifts, everything's coming with me. So I'm not going there looking for any of that, you know, and it feels really good to, it feels really good to acknowledge that. So yeah, I'm just going out there to essentially just start a new man, new business, launch, launch a new, launch a new business essentially around all the work that I've done, you know, the body work, the coaching, uh, mindfulness, all that stuff. That's incredible, man. <clears throat> yeah. I really want to two things, you know, that last piece that you said around bringing everything with you, you know, bringing everything that's within your heart and just your, you know, you as Jeremy Totino in his whole self, whole authentic self, it's, it's such a, you know, it's such a beautiful, I guess, turnaround or journey from where we started this conversation as far as just, you know, the, the boy, Jeremy, who had a hard time being authentic, right. Had a hard Mm. time accepting, accepting himself and being the people pleaser. And from that to this next chapter, that's about to begin where you're stepping into this new land fully as yourself, right. Nothing Mm. to hide, um, nothing to be ashamed of and everything to be proud of and everything to own. I think that's, a beautiful journey. And I really just wanted to highlight this, you know, obviously people move all the time, right? People go to different Mm. places all the time, but I think there's something special about this because the level of intentionality that you're bringing to it and that you bring Mm. to everything into your life. Um, And also the, the, you know, I guess I always have a, uh, a increased sensitivity or I'm always focusing on just the fatherhood line, you know, obviously that's, that's my mission, the work I do. Um, but it's so difficult for us fathers to choose ourselves. Right. Mm. And um, I know for me, I'm sure it comes up for you too, because I'm not special that the, the guilt, right. Or just feeling selfish when we're choosing ourselves and how, mm. um, how that could potentially mean our children or our families are suffering, right. Because of that. So just that level of guilt, um, as opposed to, you know, in your story, it's like you came from a place where this was the, a great decision for you, not just like, not just for you, but it, it was a way for you to uh, fully accept your needs and where you're at. And in choosing that, you know, you end up getting all of this support, unexpected support, you know, from uh, the mother of your child, I'm sure from your daughter as well. Like you get all this support that you're not expecting. Um, it just goes to show that, you know, when we choose ourselves and wh- when we're choosing um, what is in full alignment with uh, with what we need, like everyone around us benefits. Now, I know this is yeah. not going to take away from the challenges that come up, but it's like it totally. really just want to congratulate you for being able to see the opportunity in it and overcome all the difficulty that that went into making that decision or tried to get in the way of you saying yes to what your what your soul really wanted, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you dropping that in, man. Well said. It's definitely guilt was a huge one for me. That was a huge thing that came up for me, man. Like 
damn, like, what are people going to think about me? You know, I'm moving away from my daughter. Uh, even though I knew, like, I was setting the intentions and the plan, I had the plans to come back and visit and all these things, right? Like, I, I knew how I was going to navigate it, but it was like, damn, the guilt is still, the guilt was there, you know? So that was definitely a big piece for me. And it's been, um, it's been empowering to, you know, just use, step in and utilize those tools of, uh, of grace, of self-compassion and, and trust, you know, and again, you know, receiving that support, that unexpected support was, was huge for me. Um, I almost, I almost wasn't expecting it. And, and I knew that I still needed to, I still needed to be unwavering in my decision regardless, but receiving that has been beautiful. And I think, I think it's just a testament to, it's just a testament to how far I've come and, you know, the, 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 the influence and the impact that I have on the people in my life and people in my life that I've often, uh, I've often questioned. <laughs> so yeah, I've often doubted myself. So it's, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful to see. And I empower my daughter as well, you know, in the decision, she's excited with me because, um, you know, because she, she understands in her own way that, you know, my family too, that this, this is, this decision is, it is for me essentially, but I get to actually show up as a, as a better, more present, more happy father when I come spend time with her. You know, cause I'm living in my, I'm living in my purpose. You know, I made a decision. I made, a, I made a decision for me. So and she gets to come and travel to a new place, you know, when that, when that all aligns and uh, I'm excited for her. She's, she's an adventurous spirit. So I want her to have the opportunity to, to travel and, and experience new things. And yeah, man, and abund- abundance is, abundance is here and near. So all is well, bro. That's incredible, man. I love it. Well, Jeremy, time flies when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> so let's bring this to a wrap here. So first yeah. and foremost, any last message you want to leave for the listeners here? Uh, hmm. Just trust in yourself. Just trust in yourself. And... Lean, lean into love, whatever that looks like for you. Lean more into love. If you do that, you know, love is the way. Love is the way to freedom, to liberation. So just lean into love, bring more love into your life, into yourself. It's a beautiful thing. Beautifully said, man. Yeah. Love that. Um, and last but not least, big up yourself, man. Let people know how to connect with you, where to follow you, anything that you're offering. Uh, Shout out, you know, whatever, whatever you want to shout out, shout it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So right now you guys can follow me on IG at Jeremy Anthony T. And as far as offerings, I don't have offerings listed at the moment. It's currently in the works for me, but I'd be happy to connect, you know, follow me on IG, check out some of my content. I've got more coming and yeah, just, I'm just happy to be of service in any way that I can and just you know, share some of my experiences in my journey. Beautiful, man. Well, Austin is lucky to have you coming, man. I'm, I'm a little jealous, you know. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Hey, at least I'll be a little closer to you. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I love it. Well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you making time for this chat. I um, appreciate all the gems that you dropped. And I know, I know a lot of men are going to, going to, 
really get some support from just listening to what you had to say. So thank you so much for bringing your truth to this conversation, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Much love. Much love, brother. And so it is. I think one of the biggest things that I am stepping away from this conversation with is that forgiveness is the key to freedom. Now I've talked to so many different men and across the board, freedom is one of those values that all of us really crave. It's all of us want to feel truly free. And in order to feel that sense of freedom, we have to be able to forgive ourselves for our shortcomings, for wherever we are less than perfect. And in that forgiveness, we're able to remove the resistance that keeps us from being in that true, powerful stance of freedom. I want to thank you personally for taking the time out of your day to check into this podcast, to listen to this conversation and to really support the Rising Man movement. Now, if something in this conversation landed for you, struck a heart chord, or really supported you in something that you might be going through currently, I got a request for you. Shoot me a DM at Phil J. Gomez on IG or at Rising Man Movement and let us know. Reading those messages from you guys is really the fuel, the wind in our sail. Uh, it really helps us continue to do what we're doing. Um, the, the whole point of this is to support men and being the best men that they can be in order to do our part in making this world a better place. So when we hear those things from you, it really just lets us know we're doing what we need to do in this world and it, uh, it helps us continue forward. I just want to thank you one more time for checking in. If you love the Rising Man podcast, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your ear. And until next time, stay up.